Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Man, there's a lot of burbling news around Russia and Ukraine. I mean, just burbling. Burble, I think burbling happens before the invasion, but I don't know. Still could be days away, so when it happens, let me know. Um... Almost fired the wrong babysitter. So I got a whole bunch of babysitters. Got like, I don't know, six total that I rotate around because my wow. hours and trying to keep up with. It's not easy to find people that can babysit at five o'clock in the morning. Sure. Yeah. Backups are a good idea. And you got to have backups. And then with COVID, it's just been a bit crazy. But anyway, got all these different babysitters. There's one that my kids don't like, but they didn't. They didn't know. They hadn't. They got the names mixed up on somebody. So they were they they had me convinced that the one one particular babysitter needed to go, and um and I was ready to pull the trigger and I was surprised because it was really one of like one of my go to solid can always count on them always available babysitter dang it that's really bad news and I was like I mean moments away from pulling the trigger on this when I when when they realized they oh we're talking about somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that would have been horrible. Whoops. I mean, that's just, that could have been pretty horrible. Because, you know, young people, these are big things in your life when you're young. Sure. Losing a kind of steady stream of income or getting fired or just, think, and if I had the wrong person, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we I thought was... you meant that's so-and-so. We thought that was so-and-so. Okay, never mind then. Uh, see, I'm sickened by this because I think we've all had that uh, moment where we had intended to text Bill Jones oh, and we texted oh, Bill Smith. Don't talk about it. Don't I talk know. about it. Don't oh, talk oh, about oh. it. Or the even more common, you're texting with uh, your good buddy and your, you know, whatever, your boss and your sister, you get mixed up in the wrong thread. No, not for you. Sorry, not for you. I was talking about uh, my cat when I said. You're an idiot. <laughs> I've got a couple of examples of that that would stop time if I told the story out loud, but I can't. Oh, boy. I mean, just like horrific. The moment I realize it, there's good. Hey, Apple, you've got to come up with a suck it back thing. Like you can delete a tweet. There's got to be a suck back the text thing there. You got to come up with that. Why? Why is there a reason and give that? it a better name than "suck back the text"? <laughs> if you come up with the technology, also include a better name. Yes, yes. Maybe delete. But I have had it. I've got two like really egregious examples. Like one that's pretty dang bad, but one that is over the top. You could make a movie about it. Bad. Um. Wow. But I realized it after I had pressed send before the recipient had gotten it. And if Apple had their suck it back feature, I could have pulled it back off of the phone before the damage was done. <laughs> oh, boy. Michael, what's your standard for whether Jack should tell a story or not? You're the technical yeah, director. If it makes you grin, you leave it in. So <laughs> It doesn't make me grin. It makes me want to throw up. But um, in both cases, though, where's the lie? I mean, so it was it was truthful. Oh. It's just not something, you know. Maybe it's a time saver. <laughs> Get to the awful, uncomfortable truth. That friendship was taking up too much of my time anyway. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, oh, so boy. Apple or, or, or Samsung or whoever has got to come up with the 
retract the text button. Or I need, and you should be able to opt into double authentication for every text you send. Are you sure you want to send this text? There are an algorithm that can tell what the text is about and who it's going to and saying, are you sure you mean this for your boss? Or wife, or whoever it is. You know, if you're trying to make plans, it'd be a little annoying to have that delay, but for it to just say, sending to Joe in five seconds. Sending to Joe in two seconds. So you're like, wait a minute, Joe, what? Joe, your boss, who holds your financial wherewithal in their hands, (laughs) that person, is that who you want to send this to? Okay, then. That's some artificial intelligence right there, but yeah. Oh, boy. Well, I'm glad you didn't, you know, scar the relationship. Yeah, sure, me too. Yeah, yeah. Yes, Michael? Yeah, I once sent a really filthy, dirty joke to my brother, who I, well, I thought it was going to my brother. It went to my sister, and uh, yeah, that yeah, didn't go so Totally different thing. Yep. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Your <laughs> sister with her delicate sensibilities. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> I don't know why I feel the need to say this. Maybe I shouldn't even say it. Uh, uh, there are times I think Tucker Carlson is nuts, or just I'm not sure what he's driving at. Um. I also think he's a brilliant writer. Oh, he is. He is. And he is the king of snark. Oh, he yeah. is one of the best snarks that is, have ever snarked. I agree. Sometimes I can't figure out what his um, ideology is. Right. Or why he's arguing a point a certain way because he's smart enough to know that it doesn't make sense. But, uh, you know, who am I? He probably, if he listened to our show, would think the same thing. But anyway, he was brilliant last night and i would love to play you the whole thing but it's too long so we're going to skip ahead a little bit he's talking about and and we'll you know what we'll play it for you in the one more thing podcast that's never aired it's just available via podcast at armstrongandgetty.com or wherever you like to get podcasts but uh that'll be available later today uh, depending on when you're listening to this uh maybe it's earlier today anyway let's not get hung up but he's talking about raising kids when they hit adolescence and how the smallest setback suddenly becomes the worst thing that's ever happened. And it's just, oh, my God, it's so good. Parents, you're going to love it. Uh, but we'll jump ahead a little bit, Michael, and start with clip number 71. I'm not going to tell you where this is going, but you're going to like it. Ever wonder why America's traditional party of the unionized working man suddenly sounds like a van full of eighth grade girls on the way to prom, all breathy and on the verge of tears? Well, it's simple. Because at this point, that's pretty much exactly what the Democratic Party is. You really notice it in the way they speak. For Democrats, there are no more small problems. No challenge is minor. Every speed bump is a full-blown catastrophe. Every disagreement, total war. Losing an election? They can't even talk about it. Close your eyes and try to picture the scariest threat you can imagine. The prowler at the door. The monster under the bed. An IRS audit. Now multiply that scene by a million sweat-covered nightmares, and you are just beginning to approach the level of terror the Democrats feel when they think about giving up power. It's not just a bad outcome. It's the end of democracy. And indeed, to illustrate the point, and uh, what's remarkable is these clips cover a very short amount of time. Ladies and gentlemen, we present to you what will happen If the Democrats lose the next election, 72. Is the end of our democracy in sight? And I believe that the election of Joe Biden... 
essentially paused our descent uh, in into just the complete upending of our of our democracy, but we are not out of it. So Donald Trump's comeback, it's the end of our democracy. We might see the end of democracy in the in the coming years. So you're saying it's still possible we could lose our democracy here in the United States? Without a doubt. If Americans lose faith in the veracity and honor of our elections, it's the beginning of end of our democracy. I think that could be the end of our democracy, not to be too, you know, pointed about it, but I want people to understand. Hillary Clinton said a couple of weeks ago that if he runs and wins, that could be the end of our democracy. Do you share that fear? I do. Well, I don't want to be overly alarmist, but I think we should be alarmed because potentially this could be the end of American democracy. I, I never thought I'd be saying something like that. The only uh, voice in there I agree with, oddly enough, is Chuck Schumer saying if Americans lose the faith in the electoral process, and I, I would say a great way to make sure they lose that faith is to blanket the country with uh, mail-in ballots willy-nilly and have no ID requirements and, and just let you know zillions of ballots come from God knows who into the, uh, you know, the polling offices. Or both sides continuing to not accept election results. Yeah, good point. You think if it's a close election that Trump won, the left would accept that result as a legit not. election? Come on. Who, who are you kidding? Ask Al Gore and Stacey Abrams that question. It would be exactly the same thing in reverse. Um, uh, and Hillary Clinton. Sorry, I left right. her out. One of the oldest stories that exists among mankind is the boy who cried wolf. How long can we do this whole crying wolf thing before everybody just tunes out and nothing, <laughs> nothing has any impact on anybody? Yeah, I know it. I know it. Well, it's, it's clickonomics. It's media desperation. It's the, the noise of a thousand inputs and politicians desperately trying to get above that noise to fundraise and get your attention. So it's the age of hyperbole. And, you know, it's, it's it an easy la- term to throw around, but that's corrosive. But man. it won't last, will it? Remember when we used to have our friend Basil on all the time who was from Iraq, and he was a pretty handy listener to call in all the time when we were invading Iraq for... Uh, Odd reasons. Um, but he, he, he used to talk about how I grew up with this, the whole blood in the streets, you know, blah, 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 <laughs> the great Satan. I grew Mother up with this. Mother of a thousand battles. We, yeah, we all yeah. roll our eyes. It doesn't mean anything. I mean, so he grew up with that. We're growing up with this is the end of democracy all the time, every day over this and that. Yeah, I think you're probably right. It'll do some damage along the way, but you're probably right. The young generation is going to have heard it so many times. How could it have any impact on them? If you were to tell somebody in 1968, before too long, I mean, a few administrations down the road, America will be so placid and boring and peaceful and settled, you won't be able to get anybody to pay much attention. They would think you were insane. So things come and go. I hope this goes. So I went and looked at a car the other day with my boys. Speaking of life lessons, um, I want to tell this tale and you tell me if you think I did the right thing. If I handled it the right way, how would you have handled it when you went to look at a car and it was clear that the guy had just absolutely lied to you? Hmm. A beating, right? (laughs) Stay tuned for that story. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Dow 
is down 500 points as uh, there's more um, uh, more indications of the whole Ukraine-Russia thing is going to happen. More on that next segment. Elon. Oh, yeah, yeah, and I'm sorry. Before you get into that, I, I, I said I was going to do a story and, and, and like two hours ago, and I forgot. If you're still listening, God bless you for your patience. If you've gone, well, there's no point in me talking to you. Uh, why you should fill your swimming pool with gasoline. <laughs> Stay with us. Elon Musk's uh, in supposed trouble for a tweet that he put out in the middle of the night. What is it about super geniuses and their sleeping patterns? But he was up in the middle of the night and tweeted at 2.46 a.m. A picture of Hitler. Always off to a good start. If you're tweeting either mentioning Hitler or a picture of Hitler, you're off to a good start. Buckle your seatbelts. In which he wrote, stop comparing me to Justin Trudeau. I had a budget. He thinks Trudeau... Threatening to deplatform people with their banking is a Hitler-type move. Anyway, I don't want to get off on that. I do want to talk about that later, but I'm a I'm an Elon Musk fan. It's one of the reasons I like a Tesla. I drive a Tesla. I bought a a, a, a really old Tesla because I wasn't sure if I'd like them like it or not. I like it a lot, so I'm looking to upgrade. So I've been looking through the ads and came across a car over the weekend that I was pretty interested in. Little uh, little newer, more modern stuff than the one I got. So um, I was going to go look at it with my kids on Saturday, and I thought this is going to be a great opportunity for them to learn something about, you know, the ways of the world. And uh, we talked on the way over there. I talked to them about how um, you never want to show up to any sort of negotiation without the ability emotionally to walk away. I I need to, you know, I need to be ready to think, you know, this is not for me. um, And and if I'm all excited and just can't wait to buy it. Oh, I told them on the way over there. I said, I think if it's as described, I'm probably going to buy this. I mean, we'll, we'll go to the bank and we'll. We'll get this done today. And um, I said, but I, you got to then explain the whole being ready to walk away. Because that's tip other, number one. Good uh, stuff. Otherwise, I'll talk myself into it and overlook some things and all kinds of things if I'm just so thrilled to get this thing. Anyway, so it's a certain car of a certain year with a certain mileage and listed as like new. And the pictures look pretty good. Although there are a couple pictures noticeably absent seemed a little weird, but eh, whatever. Hmm. Um, I get there and like within... Almost immediately, the car is so clearly not like new. I mean, you can't put like new. If you're going to put like new, things got to be. Yeah. I mean, and it's just not even close to like new. Um, but he was going to let me take it for a test drive, uh, which is one indication that he's not probably on the up and up because who lets somebody take a car that expensive and just disappear in it? <laughs> but anyway, I um, uh, me and my kids drive it, and I and 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 they started in. Dad, Dad, this car is not like new. There's a big cut in the seat back here. And I said, Yeah, I know. I said there's a bunch of other things I noticed. And he said, Why didn't you say anything? And I said, Well, one, I want to drive this car because I'm getting a test drive out of it. But we'll we'll find some place to drive and we'll look it over real good and figure out what we think it is worth. So I drove a little ways away and. And then we parked in the parking lot here at the radio station, actually. And we walked around and looked at the car. And then when we really started piling on the look at the dent here and the cut here and the what did they repaint here? I mean, it was all kinds of I mean, it was it was not just you're exaggerating for sales sake. It was full on not even close to as described. Wow. Wow. Who who thinks they're going to get away with that? I don't know. It's kind of curious. But anyway, so we had a conversation on the way back. What are you going to say to him? What are you going to do? Are you going to call the police and all these different things? Um, <laughs> and this is what I decided to do, and I was kind of interested to know if Joe would agree, if Texters would agree. If, 
I said, I'm not going to really do anything. I'm just going to tell him I'm not interested and I'm and we're not going to buy it. I said, I'm not going to change this guy. This is clearly what he does. I met him at, his, at, at, a, at a location where a family member had a whole bunch of cars. That's what they do. They're in the business of ripping people off, as a oh, lot of people that are. that sort of place. Okay. As a lot of people are in car places. They buy beat up cars. They fix them up as best as they can, and then they try to sell them for more than they're worth. But anyway, I said, I'm not going to change the guy. I'm not interested in arguing with him. I'm just not going to buy it. And we got into a back and forth of whether or not that was a good idea and why I wouldn't yell at him and all these different things. And so that's the way I handled it. What do you think of that? Well, see, I thought it was just purely a private party up until that point in the you know, story. It's a private party. It's a private oh, it party. Is. Well, it depends. It's hard to say. I think okay. they're operating as a private party. but Well, if it's a, a private party, you know, the kid's presence there is a bit of a complicating factor in that if there's a 1 in 20 chance the guy goes nuts because he's just a nut. You know, you got to play it cautious. But I, I will tell you, I would have said, this car is nothing near like new, and I don't appreciate you wasting my time. Yeah. But that's it. If it's an individual, uh, if, if it seems to be tied to some sort of low-rent, probably shoddy car lot, no, I'm not going to bother. Well, yeah, I can't tell. It, there's a bunch of cars and a family member involved. I don't know about that. I just thought I'm not. I'm not going to waste any emotional energy on this guy. He is what he is. I can say whatever. He knows what he is. I'm not going to tell him anything he doesn't know. Right. I'm not going to change his behavior for the rest of his life. And I. Just, so, what do you think? Text line four one five two nine five KFTC. Do you get in the guy's face and really give him a lecture? As I know, some people would a beating. A- <laughs> Let's not dismiss a beating out of hand. I'll be interested to see what you texters say. 415-295-KFTC. There's a lot of noise around the Russia-Ukraine thing right now. Does that mean it's about to turn ugly? Blinken, our Secretary of State, is at the UN as we speak. Stay tuned for all that. Armstrong and Getty. Not only does the U.S. reject the Kremlin's claims Russia is pulling back troops and tanks, there's evidence Putin is pushing troops forward and into firing position, also readying blood and medical resources. Top officials warning we are still in the window. President Putin's put in place the capacity to act on very short notice. Uh, He can pull the trigger, he could pull it today, he could pull it tomorrow, he could pull it next week. If you don't care much about what's going on or you're not following it, I will explain why you should care a lot in moments. Stay with us. Also, quite a few reactions to the um, guy attempted me to rip me off on buying a used car. Maybe we'll get to some of those texts next segment. So there's a fair amount of chatter, buzz around the whole Russia-Ukraine thing that might mean it's about to go down for real. Russia has expelled the deputy U.S. ambassador from our embassy, the State Department said, and the U.S. officials called that an escalatory step. Oh, no. Biden warned Russia is on the brink of invading Ukraine. Um, Russia has, in the last two hours, accused Ukraine's military of committing crimes against Russian residents of the Donbass region in a report is that where they've been fighting for eight years already? Yeah, and and I've heard a number of people say that's how he's going to work his way in. Is you know I'm going to rescue people of Russian ancestry who speak sure. Russian, and you're you're slaughtering them. They made some sort of claim yesterday that they found mass graves. Russia claimed that they found mass graves 
Oh, Ukrainians boy. had killed. So that's that's the angle he's going to work. Who's that for? Who does that work on? Maybe his people with their state-controlled media. Oh, yeah. I heard a great report the other day of somebody who's in Russia taking in the news through Russian media and saying mm. it is a completely 180-degree from what you've heard story here in Russia. It is the, the it's the same video, but you know, the reporting on the video would be different. You'd see all the troops and arms and tanks and everything that we and NATO are sending into that region, but it's all about how they we are uh, the United States is getting ready to invade. Mm. And uh, Russia's got its back against the wall and they don't want war, but look, NATO's about to invade us. We have no choice. And that's what the Russian on the street thinks cuz they don't have access to Unless you work at it, don't ha- have access to uh, information from the rest of the world. The Dow is down 500 points, and at least according to the Wall Street Journal, it's on the belief that this whole Russia-Ukraine thing might be going down for reals. Well, and perhaps more significant to us here in the homeland, I remind you, and I'd totally forgotten about this, do you remember when there was a cyber attack and it shut down that pipeline on the East Coast that supplied, you know, X percent of the gas to the southeastern United States. And there were well, there was a gas panic. There were gas lines. You couldn't find gas. It, the websites popped up with the three gas stations that had gas in Georgia or whatever. Um, I totally forgotten about that. But Shields Up, the Department of Homeland Security's Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Agency, warned this week, the CISA. We should probably memorize what that means as Americans. The Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Agency. I had anyway. forgotten about that, too. God, the short memories we have. That was the worst cyber hack in U.S. history, right? I think so in terms of its effects, yeah. Wow. But the White House has threatened to impose punishing financial sanctions on Russian banks and the oligarchs and restrict key technology exports to further deter Russian aggression. But if the seemingly inevitable happens, Moscow invades. That's right. I was... It's not a New Year's resolution. I was going to get used to saying Moscow, because Moscow is the proper pronunciation. Good for you. I will I've said to Moscow, say Moscow my entire life. Yeah. I'm now going to say Moscow. Well, that's that's a good way to delineate yourself as uh, as better than the average human, I think. <laughs> but um, I'm going to go with Moscow. I'm saying Moscow and Kiev. There you go. Anyway. Back to the, uh, the text, which is probably a little more important. Oh, if the inevitable happens, Moscow invades, Washington responds, because I'm going to pronounce that that way, and Moscow parries back, is America prepared to withstand the onslaught of what ought to be an enormous uh, campaign of cyber mischief and or out-and-out cyber war by Putin? Your light's out. Goodbye, cable. You can't get gas. Who knows? Yeah, well, um, yeah, so I've heard a few pundits talk about how this is the first time we've been able to see information warfare at this level. The technology has been around for a long time, but there haven't been, you know, a couple of major powers go at it like this. So we're seeing that play out for the first time. TikTok's involved, Twitter's involved, all this sort of stuff, and the cyber thing. Cyber's been out there, you know, little this and that around the country and everything, mm-hmm. but not the full-on, we're going to try to attack you as part of as a military uh, attack, and we might get to see that today and see well, what that looks like. 
What these journalists say is with a limited ability to retaliate with its own financial sanctions, the Kremlin may turn to cyber attacks. In the U.S. government's own words, and I quote, the Russian government understands that disabling or destroying critical infrastructure, including power and communications, can augment pressure on a country's government, military, and population and accelerate their acceding to Russian objectives. That's a lot of fancy words that mean the Russians have a weapon, cyber, and they're going to use it. Acceding to Russian objections. Yeah. Say an uncle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, wow. that's, we, the, the, maybe the good thing that comes out of this is the United States gets to see what this looks like. And U.S. citizens get to see what this looks like in, in practice. Oh, okay, that's what it looks like if Russia or China decides to just shut down all your cell phones and your banking and everything. The country comes to a halt. You know what? You're right, because the alternate reality that we've discussed is the cyber shutdown happens and it's followed by, you know, Chinese fighter planes attacking, you know, whether Taiwan or us or whatever, Chinese Navy taking San Francisco to the delight of many San Franciscans, uh, (laughs) communists. Um, But uh, yeah, so this would almost be a fire drill. It wouldn't be a drill. It would be a fire that makes it clear that we have no idea where the fire extinguishers are, and, and we don't know how to put out a fire. We don't know how to prevent a fire. Senator Menendez, Democrat on the Foreign Relations Committee, said you don't have cyber attacks just moments ago. Said you don't have cyber attacks against Ukrainian central banks and the Department of Defense if you're intending to find a pathway to diplomacy. You don't amass more troops if your purpose is a pathway to diplomacy. Okay, so we're stating over and over again, we're on to you. We don't believe you. Um to which Putin would say, yeah, I figured you'd catch on, but it bought me another 48 hours, which it did, because the stupid media ran with the Russia state news reports. Colbert had a funny thing last night about uh, the vi- it's a video. It's a visual, but he said uh, uh, it was a fake Russian news report about the, the troops leaving, and he had video of them. You know, it was clearly video run in reverse of people walking backwards, <laughs> marching backwards. And little toy tanks with a hand moving them backwards in the sand. See, we're moving our tanks out of here. Um, so we've talked about this before. When 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 I was a kid, um, or geez, even when I was a young man. <laughs> Thanks, Gladys. Like I, I would go to work, and I wouldn't have any contact with my girlfriend at the time, or you probably with uh, Judy. Um, All day long, maybe. Sure. Because unless I was going to take the company phone and call them and and interrupt them at work, um, and why would I anyway? So you just need to see them at night. Um, My dad would leave in the morning. We wouldn't hear from him for 10 hours, and then he'd come home and, you know, how was your day? How was your day? Now it seems just insane if you're out of contact with, you know, the people you're close to for any amount of time. If you... Go to work and you forget your phone. You know what that feels like. It's just like, oh, my God, how am I going to function? This is going to be awful. So try to imagine if somebody shut down the cell system, the cell phone system. You can't text your wife, kids, school, anything like that. If all that shut down and then all of a sudden you start hearing explosions. Imagine what that would do to a population. We don't have any idea because it's never happened. This is completely new. But so if that happens in Kiev, all of a sudden you can't text anybody, the lights are off, the ATM doesn't work, and then there's explosions. What sort of panic?
panic would grip people. If you kind of go into a panic because you realized you forgot your cell phone and you're going to be so out of touch. Imagine if there were an actual threat and you're and you have no way to contact your kids, your wife, your husband. I sure. think I think we'll lose it. I think we'll lose our s. I think a lot of people will. I hope there are enough cool heads that we don't descend into complete animal chaos. This is a completely different psychology than would have existed just 30 years ago. Oh, I get that completely. Yeah, it's a good point. It would be so weird. Wait a second. I can't get a hold of my wife and kids. Right. And something terrible's happening. Yeah. We'd flip out. And you're well, about to I... see that in Kiev, I think. Well, that's why those public service announcements that we ignore all the time keep saying, have an emergency plan. Have an emergency plan. Where are you going to meet? Where are you going to go? Here's when mine. Do, you know, run for your life. Feet at oh. shoulder width. Lean forward slightly at the waist. Balls on my feet. Yes. I'm ready. Head on yes. A, head on a swivel. There you go. <laughs> I'm ready. There you Come go. Come at me from any side. Sure. Bring it, Putin. Yeah, I suppose I should have a better one, but we're not going to get bombed, though. Kiev's going to get bombed. They they very well may hear bombs falling, sea buildings collapsing, so that would that's not going to happen anywhere you live in the United States. I certainly hope not. Um, yeah, I probably would have a better plan with the kids. So if the, if the S ever hits the fan, and what would that be? Uh, I don't know. History has a way of producing poop you don't see coming. Meet you at the playground. Exactly. Stay there until I get there. Or something. I don't know. That's disturbing. Yeah, well, I think we're about to see it play out in Ukraine. So do you think they're going to do a full-on attack, like the sort of thing you see in movies with uh, bombing buildings and explosions and tanks rolling through the streets and people shot everywhere? Or is it going to be more of a cyber financial capitulation sort of thing? I don't know. It is entirely possible. That in the traditions of warfare, Putin would say to Ukraine, look, I'm going to decimate your army, or you can just give me this chunk of land. I and, do. And, and then the Ukrainians have a, a brutal, horrible decision to make. Did you watch any of Unity Day yesterday that they had there in Ukraine? Mm-hmm. It was it was something. I mean, it was uh, it was patriotic in the way that everybody is patriotic about their own country. There were My sense of it was these people... Realize what they might be up against, and they're ready to fight for it. Right, right. Yeah, it could be horrific. It absolutely could be. Yeah, it really could be. So on a lighter note, the guy trying to sell you the car, trying to rip you off, he was a curb stoner. A what? A curb stoner. Okay, I want to hear that. I want to hear what that means. Uh, We got a bunch of responses on that. How do you handle that when somebody's clearly trying to rip you off? I'll tell you what I handled it and see if you agree. Uh, All in the way, text line 415-295-KFTC. The first step to go into a grocery store, duck, so you don't get knocked out, but not once, twice. You say what's up to yourself in the security cam. Then you walk by people as they stare at you in awe. So you're walking down the aisle and you forgot something? It's okay, you can look into the other aisles and find something. Oh, you gotta watch out for the signs, otherwise you'll hit your head. Is there dust up there? Oh my gosh, look how dusty that is. And there you go, guys. Now you were seven feet tall inside of a grocery store. 
Wow. Stretch, seven-footer, describing his experiences in a grocery store. The only part that sounds handy there would be being able to look over the top into the other aisle. Is that where the cereal is? Oh, yeah, it's over there. And then maybe stepping over the aisle. <laughs> <laughs> With your mighty legs. <laughs> you know, that's just like a foot taller than me or you, but I guess that's a lot. So, um... I was looking at a used car. I told this story a little bit ago. Very short version of it. Uh, uh, something I was really interested in. Went and uh, met a guy. It was listed uh, as like new. I got there and it was very quickly obvious. It was a long. It was not only. It, well, at first blush, it was not like new. So that's like, oh, come on. You can't call this not like new. There's a scratch. And then he let me drive it. And me and the kids took it to a private area, which is always nice to be able to do and get out and like really take your time and look around. And my kids are saying, Dad, there's a giant cut in the back seat. Um, the wheels were all beat up. There was one part of the car where, like, clearly there had been some serious damage. And I don't, I mean, they did, like, the most half-assed job of trying to repair it. I mean, wow. it was clearly not a body shop. It was somebody just, like, painted it over with a paint that's kind of the same color. I mean, it was not even close to like that. So, I don't, what, I, and my kids had to, you know, what are you going to do, Dad? Are you going to fight him? Are you going to call the police? Are you going to yell at him? What are you going to do? And I said, no, I'm just going to go back and say I'm not interested. I'm not going to change that guy. And that's the way I handled it. And I wondered what other people thought. We got a fair number of texts on that. Um, Joe, you said you had to put him in the headlock and drove over his head. like uh, Did I? Like in the second of the last episode of The Sopranos with that popping sound. Oh, I don't recall saying that, but that's one thought. Phil, what was Phil's name with his head popped there? in the? Oh, Leonardo? I think it was. Yeah. Anyway, we got a number of texts. Uh, I would have done what you did, Jack. I just told him I'm not interested and walked away. Um, I've done the same thing many times in the past. Same reasons you said. Luckily, I haven't had that experience over and over again. Maybe you need to be more particular with your uh, you go to if it happens a lot. Um, uh, no point in talking to him about it unless you're looking to still buy it just for less money. Yeah, right. But I I wasn't I wasn't going to do that. I spent 37 years in the car business. You did exactly the right thing. Just walk away. Don't waste your time. Find a better car. I like this one. Look him straight in the eye, kick him square in the nuts. <laughs> Finally, a man of action weighing in. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, all's fair in love and car sales. You just have to ignore it and move on. Ghosting is the best plan. That's, that's somebody who probably does a lot of involvement in the car world because it's just it's just a game of they're they're just waiting for a sucker to come along it's like robocalls it's Mm -hmm. like a robocalls you can't be offended they're just trying to find a sucker right right so here's the word uh, from my buddy al anonymous sounds like he's a curb stoner okay not i haven't heard that term i thought i was up on this sort of stuff People who shop Craigslist, for instance, and purchase decent cars turn around immediately and fraudulently advertise that they are the original owner. They have all the documentation, lots of pictures, etc. I sold a truck that I knew was in bad shape to a guy like that. I knew the truck had major problems, but it looked good. He drove 15 minutes from my house, took a bunch of pictures of it, and it was up on Craigslist for sale by owner, original owner, yada, yada, almost immediately. Interesting. I looked into it. He's a curb stoner. I sold the truck and was very honest about the problem. He had it back up for sale within 15 minutes of leaving my house saying it was in great shape. Interesting. Okay, so that's a thing. Yeah, I think I bought a truck from a guy who was doing the same thing. Interesting. So, uh, yeah, dude had a story for me, and, and I'd already like noticed the problems with it, and so I knew he was a liar. 
you can't call that like new. It's not even within a, a, a thousand miles of like new. It's not even you wouldn't even say it's in good condition. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but so he started. Yeah, it belonged to a doctor. I'm the second owner, and the doctor really took. And I thought, oh, okay, geez, are you going to do the full spiel on me? The, <laughs> apparently, you are. I'm looking at it. <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> It was a good lesson for my kids, though. And just, you know, there are people like that out there. It's it's one thing to hear about it. It's another one to see one in the flesh. Here's somebody, here's a grown-up that was willing to just lie to me, to my face. Those people exist. Caveat emptor. Buyer beware. That th- saying is ancient. Uh, it's Latin. Back when uh, the Latinos ruled the world. <laughs> Speaking Latin, that's my understanding. Yeah. You know, I think in this particular car, what he's hoping for is it's like a super cool, super fast car, like really cool. And I think he's just hoping that somebody would get so excited about buying it, they'd overlook all the crap, I guess. Sure. Talk him down a couple of hundred bucks and, uh, you know, yeah. and he wins. I wonder what it feels like to be that person. Do you just feel like it's a dog eat dog world? And yeah, and some people are amoral. That's the, another thing uh, kids need to learn. There are predators. There are people without souls. You just have to accept it. It's troubling. It's sad. It's sick. Yeah, and when I told him I'm not interested, it's not like he argued with me. He could tell by the look on my face that, you know, okay, you're on to me. Okay, you're the, you're not who I'm looking for. We mm-hmm. both knew who each other were. Oh, you're an honest person. You're you're not into this, and uh, I'm not going to fool you, so I'm not going to argue with you. And- yeah, yeah, yeah. You think he knows what you meant. But if you'd looked him in the eye and kicked him in the nuts, he'd have known for sure. <laughs> you know? You look him straight in the eye, you kick him square in the mouth. <laughs> exactly. Now that's clear communication. Secretary Blinken's given it to the Russians in a special U.N. Security Council meeting that's going on right now, laying out what he thinks is going to happen. We'll play you some highlights. If you can't listen the next hour, maybe you don't get it on your favorite radio station. Grab it later via podcast, armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.